0: Living life in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's next on Abounding Grace.
1: This is amazing grace.
0: Have you ever poured the wrong kind of fuel into your truck or car? Perhaps you accidentally put diesel fuel into your gas engine. Well, you probably didn't get very far. Today on Abounding Grace, we'll learn that many are trying to live the Christian life by their own strength. And that's the wrong fuel, so to speak. The much better route to take is to live by the power of the Spirit. Pastor Ed Taylor discusses that now in his message on the baptism of the Holy Spirit from John 14 and Acts 1.
1: It's important that we understand that there are three different relationships that a person can have with the Holy Spirit. And we learn of those from the Greek prepositions that are used in the description of the Holy Spirit. And we got a few of them last time in our study. Pick up with me in verse 15 of John 14 as we begin to learn the different relationships that a person can have with the Holy Spirit. If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Again, parakletos, another of the same kind. God, the third person of the Trinity, will come. And remember, parakletos means to come alongside to help, to come alongside to aid. So you're going to get another helper that he may abide with you forever. And we learn who this helper is, verse 17. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So there are three relationships that a person can have. The first one is for everyone, believers and unbelievers alike. It's found right there with the word with in verse 17. If you like to write in your Bibles again, circle the word with right next to it, para. It's the same prefix that's used of parakletos. Para, it means to be with, alongside. The Holy Spirit is in the world right now with every human being. And the work of the Holy Spirit in the with experience is to convict people of their sin. You're praying for somebody right now? You're praying for someone to to maybe come to church, hear the gospel, get saved? One of the things you should be praying is that the Holy Spirit convicts them of their sin. The Holy Spirit's with them. The Holy Spirit is drawing them to the Father. But the response that the Holy Spirit is getting from them is resistance and rebellion. They're just being resistant. I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want anything to do with church. I don't want anything to do with you. And their eyes are blinded and they're not responding the way that God would have them to respond as he's drawing them and bringing conviction. What this means is that when a person faces God at the final judgment, every person that's ever lived will have no excuse. That's what the Bible says, no excuse. This with experience is very grieving to God. The best way to describe it Is like some of you parents today. You are heartbroken over the decisions that your kids have made as they're rebelling against the way they were raised. You know, this goes across the board. It's not just rebelling against, you know, they were raised in a godly home and they were in church and they were rebelling. That's brokenheartedness for sure. But this is across the board. This is something all parents share. That that you've raised your kids in a certain way, and they have rebelled against the way they have they have caused division in you, and they're outdoing, and they're you're at odds with them right now, and it crushes you, and it's painful to you. That's a little, I believe, of what the Holy Spirit, what what God feels in resistance to Him. You go, Ed, where would you get that from? Where well, the Bible speaks of not grieving the Holy Spirit, and grief is a very deep emotional response to difficulty and there are many that are resisting God today that are bringing great grief to his heart because he loves you and he sent Jesus Christ to die for you he he isn't desiring you to rebel against his ways he isn't wanting to make things worse for you he's wanting to make things better for you and it would be good for you to respond to that conviction today no longer rebelling against the heart of God for your life no more everyone has the with experience Secondly, we notice not only does he dwell with you, but notice he will also be in you, in you. This is the experience that every believer has. Every born-again believer has the Spirit of God inside of us. The inexperience. According to Romans chapter 8, verses 9 and 10. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. The guarantee that we're going to make it. That God has now filled us with the Holy Spirit. And we are His by relationship. And so much of what the Holy Spirit does in and through us we'll see in future studies. But there is a third experience that is taught to us in the scriptures, and that is found back in Acts chapter 1. This is the experience where the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Again, circle the word upon, and you can write the word a P E P I The Spirit of God coming upon a person for power and service unto the Lord. It's very similar to what Jesus is describing in John chapter 7 where it speaks of the Holy Spirit being so filled with the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit comes out of us with gushes of rivers of living water, torrents of living water that God offers to us, fountains of living water. That third experience where the Holy Spirit comes upon us now, it's at this point where I think along the way as we go through a Bible study like this, I anticipate a few questions that will be asked. For example, some of you, you're listening in and you're thinking, oh, wait a minute, Pastor, I thought when I got saved, when I committed my life to it, when I was born again, that I received all of the Holy Spirit. That, that all of the Holy Spirit was given to me, dwelling in me, and what you're, trying, what you're saying sounds like I didn't receive all of the Holy Spirit, but there's still more of the Holy Spirit that needs to fill me. Like maybe I was half-filled, you know? And, and I'm, I've been doing this half-filled life, or, or somehow I was left out and I've been living this second-class life as a Christian, and I'm not as important as other people that got more of the Holy Spirit. And at that point, I would say that that's a misunderstanding, because when you were saved, you were completely filled and sealed by the Holy Spirit. When you think of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, don't think, of the, don't think of it as getting more of the Holy Spirit, but rather think of it this way. Not that you would be getting more of the Holy Spirit, but that the Holy Spirit would be getting more of you. That in, through that empowerment, your life is more set on task to serve Him in His Spirit and not in your flesh. A way to illustrate that would be, you know, oftentimes the Bible speaks of water and compares water to the Holy Spirit. It's a great comparison. So think of it this way. You're out working on a hot spring day or summer day. You're working out in the yard and, and you're working up a sweat and it's very hot, very tired. You take a little break because you've got more work to do. and You just need a little bit of refresher to go back and finish the job. So you go inside, you get a, a nice tall cup of cold water and you take it in and it's so refreshing. You're like, it 's hits the spot, man. Feels so good. I feel so refreshed. Maybe put a little bit on your forehead and you get another one. You take it in and you're just feeling so ready to tackle the second part of the project. And it makes sense. It's just so refreshing. You see that as the Holy Spirit, where the taking in of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's refreshing you, encouraging you, and is dwelling in you. And it's great. But you take that a di- and one step further, and you go, oh, there you are. You've taken the water in. You feel so refreshed. But your neighbor, your neighbor has a pool, and they're on vacation. And so you hop the fence, And you're like, you know, I'm just testing the pool, making sure it's okay for my neighbor. When they get back, I'll let them know everything was fine, especially your pool. Everything was great. And there you are. You just finished a cup of cold water. It's in you. And then what do you do? You jump into the pool. And now where's the water? It's both in you and all around you. I mean, you are completely submerged. It's not just in you. You're not just enjoying the presence of the Holy Spirit. But now the Spirit has you. Completely submerging you in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's God's heart for you that's God's desire. He doesn't want you to settle for some religious experience. He doesn't want you just to settle to think, you know, well, I was in church pastor, so I... No, he doesn't want you to figure things out. He doesn't want you to apply all sorts of principles that you learn. He wants you to submit to his power. He wants you to walk in his wisdom. He wants you to be led by him. He wants you to tune your ears to hear the spirit of God where Jesus says he who has ears hear what the spirit of God is saying to the church that's God's heart for you. He wants to teach you all things. He wants to lead you into all truth. He wants to bring to your remembrance things that you've been taught He wants to encourage you. He wants to give you an assurance of your salvation. He doesn't want just that cup. He wants all of you and you're not a second class citizen. and God's ready to give you more He's ready to take you farther. Being saved and being willing to serve, the difference between the two are night and days. Being saved and being willing to serve, taking the step of surrendering your life, being willing to go and do anything for the Lord. I'll go anywhere for you, Lord. I'll do anything for you. But what happens is, man, we get caught up in so much. We get tired and burned out. And then we get frustrated. Then we get mad at the very people that God has called us to serve. And then on top of that, we find ourselves disconnected from God. And then we wonder, what is this? That's is not what I expected in my Christian life. I don't get it. And then you get caught up in gossip and slander. Now you're talking about people. And you're just living in the flesh. But you're a Christian. You should be serving Him. But what happens, you get so caught up. And listen, the Spirit of God will never lead you to the flesh. The Spirit of God will never lead you to act out in the flesh. The Bible says that if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How easy it is to get off target. How easy it is for us to forget the privilege. How easy it is for us. I mean, I know I'm speaking to some of you. I know it. That if you could scream out, you would scream out, Amen, that's my life. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of living a low fleshly life when God has a high spiritual life for me I'm just tired and burned out so many believers that's exactly where they are and so many believers feel as if they're ill-equipped to serve so many today are just kind of plodding along maybe I'll make it maybe one day I'll figure this out could it be you've never been baptized by the Holy Spirit could it be I mean obviously if you're in the flesh you need to repent as well But could it be that you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit? You know, this group of believers, you can look it up later in John chapter 20. This group of believers that Jesus is speaking to in the book of Acts have the Spirit of God in them. Because at the end of John 20, Jesus breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And you know what happened to them? They received the Holy Spirit from Jesus himself. And now those that have the Spirit of God in them, Jesus is saying, there's still more for you. There's still more to walk in. And then for those of us that have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, there's even still more. Because what did Paul write to the church in Ephesus? He said, be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. Be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. And what great picture. Because a person that's drunk is submerged under the influence of alcohol. They're completely under it. They become a different person. They do things and say things they would never say when they're sober. And what a great picture. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't live under the influence of some substance. Don't go get high. Don't, don't run to the world for some kind of satisfaction. Know what, believers? Be saved. Be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then be ye filled. The word there is be ye continually, always, all the time, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's yours. That's yours, moms. That's yours, dads. That's yours, husbands. That's yours, wives. That's yours, kids. That's ours. God is offering that to us to live in the Spirit. What a dramatic change the power of the Holy Spirit does in our lives. I think of Peter. Peter has a life before Pentecost, and Peter has a life after Pentecost. You say, Ed, what's Pentecost? Well, in Acts chapter 2 is where the promise was fulfilled. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and as the Holy Spirit came upon them, it was a dramatic change. It was so dramatic in their life that, that it drew attention from all the people. They were speaking in tongues. And there was a, um, an amazing outgrowth of, as they were there together, an amazing work of the Spirit through them. It was dramatic. It was dynamic. It was empowering. But before Pentecost, Peter, well, we can identify with Peter's life so much, can't we? He was always saying things that, man, Peter, why are you saying? I mean, so much so. He was saying things, and Jesus said, get behind me, devil. And now, how would you feel if Jesus turned around and said, get behind me, Satan? You're like, whoa, man, I'm not the the devil. Jesus, I think you're talking behind me. So where's the devil, you know? But it wasn't. It was Peter. And while he wasn't the devil, Jesus was pointing out to him that his words were reflective of the devil. No way, I don't receive that. Peter's the one that would be, you know, you have to appreciate his passion, his loyalty. He loved Jesus in a huge way, ready to protect him. He's the one that's going to pull out a sword and protect God. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of guy you want around you. He's going to protect God. But, of course, wasn't very good swordsman. He could have very well been another person on a cross right next to his master if Jesus didn't heal. You know, that, you can hear the, the soldier saying, that dude pulled a sword out and, and cut my ear off. And then they're looking at him and go, your ear looks fine to me. I don't see where's the evidence because jesus picked that ear up which must have been like, all moving around and just slapping it right on and boom like it never happened yeah the bible's a cool book man there's a lot of great stuff in there and there's peter just having to deal with man what am i doing peter's the one that denied him too huh with his mouth he denied him not once not twice three times went away from him denied him in front of a little girl when he was to be that great witness, three years with Jesus, what was the end of his life? The end of his, or the end of that season—not his life in particular—but close to the end of Jesus' life, what was that like? He denied Him, even though he was so proud. "For I'll never," everybody will deny you, but not me. And then in Acts chapter two, that same Peter when the Holy Spirit fell upon him and everybody's attention was drawn to that group in the upper room and everybody was watching, everybody's, what's going on? They're drunk, what's happening? Peter stands up and from the top of his head, the Holy Spirit was leading him and reminding him of the things that he had taught He begins to give a Bible study that is one of the most powerful evangelistic messages to ever be delivered on the face of the planet. And 3,000 people get saved. The message is so powerful from the Spirit that people are asking him, how do I get saved? How do I get... He doesn't even have to do an invitation. What do we need to do? How is it? What was the difference between Peter the preacher and the apostle and Peter the denier? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly the difference. Here's Peter with the Spirit. He was baptized with the Spirit, and God used him in a dramatic way. Friends, today I'm inviting you to ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've never experienced, I'm asking you to ask God for what he has to offer you. I know some of you are afraid, you know, because life in the Spirit is unpredictable and, and exciting. It's not just this religious routine, not just some habit pattern, but it's dynamic. You don't know what the Lord's going to do. You don't know who he's going to bring into your path. You don't know how, what day he's going to bring. And and you go, well, Pastor Ed, I love the idea, but I'm a little afraid because, you know, I know there's a couple gifts in there that seem to be interesting. The gift of prophecy or the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues. And there's a few gifts that I'm afraid of. So if I ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what if I'm... You know, what if I'm on the way home today and I've got to get a loaf of bread at Safeway and I'm just standing there in line and then I start to shake in line and I look at my bread and I'm like, whoa, whoa. And I climb up on the counter and I lift the bread in the air and I say, hey, everyone, I have a loaf of bread and Jesus said he's, you know, listen, that's not the Holy Spirit, just get down, get down, get down. Don't do that. And if you ever see anybody in Safeway do that, just go up and say, get down. Oh, it's the Spirit of God. No, it's the flesh. Get down right now. Or, you know, you're going to uncontrollably have an outburst of tongues and I don't know what's in it. It's going to make me look. Listen, the Bible says this. The Spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. What that tells me and in the giftings that the Lord has given to us, he's not just going to come upon you in some uncontrollable way. As a matter of fact, when you do a careful study of the scriptures, you learn that one of the fruit of the Spirit is what? Self-control. God's not going to do something weirded out. Like if you go to work and you, maybe it's not safely. Maybe it's at work and you just start shaking in your chair and you get up in the cub- cubicle there and you go, hey, listen, everybody. You rotten, filthy sinners, thus saith the Lord. And you, and you start pointing out all the sinner You, Mary, you know what you're into. And you, John, I can't believe, you know. It's like, man, first of all, that's the last day you're going to work there. You know that. <laughs> but that's not the heart of God at all. He doesn't see Mary like that or John like that. He loves them. He's passionately wanting to draw them. He's, the Holy Spirit's with them, bringing great conviction to their heart. You're not going to do anything weird, but you may be given the gift of tongues. You may be given a gift of prophecy. You may see your gifting in teaching or leading or mercy become more prominent than you've ever seen before, and it won't be weird at all. We have these afterglows, these believer meetings, sometimes in a smaller group with women and men at the men's retreat or the women's retreat or the men's study. There's a time where we're just waiting on the Lord because there's a time of... Uh, believers here we had that this last wednesday just the service became a time of waiting on the lord a time of worship and and then i came up and shared a very small devotional and god poured out his spirit in this room and countless people were coming forward not only coming forward for salvation but just coming forward in weeping and tears where the holy spirit was doing a great work and i'm telling you if you've been to any of the response services or any when the gifts are exercised it's a beautiful thing man And you just leave going, the Lord was here. Just like in a Bible study. So oftentimes, you'll leave and go, the Lord really spoke to me. I know, because that's one of the things he does through Bible study. You can say with absolute certainty, you listen to a Bible study on the radio, and you go, man, that that really spoke to my heart. I know. That's what the Spirit does when he's moving. That's exactly what he does. And he does that throughout all of his giftings and all of his believers. And today, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit you you need to ask listen to what jesus said i'll just read it to you in luke's gospel uh, it's a beautiful promise as we enter into communion he says if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him that's a relational thing you believers ask their heavenly father for the holy spirit you see believers already have the holy spirit And they're asking the Father for the Holy Spirit because there's something more that God is offering to you. A power that's beyond yourself. You may find your vocabulary changing from trying to doing. You may find your vocabulary changing from figuring out to praying. Your first spawn, I gotta figure this out, changes to, I need to pray. God knows what's going on. I remember in my own life, because sometimes the baptism of the Holy Spirit occurs at salvation as far as the timing is concerned. Sometimes you get saved, and the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you at the same time. Uh, we see that with Jesus as so the Spirit of God descended upon him. Uh, and other times it happens subsequently. For example, in Acts chapter 19, there was a group of disciples there that when, when they came to town and Paul started asking them, you know, do you know anything about the Spirit? They go, we don't know anything about the Spirit. We weren't taught that. We only know John. We only know. And so he began to speak to them about the Holy Spirit, and these disciples were baptized with the Holy Spirit.
0: Today on Abounding Grace, we've listened into a portion of Pastor Ed Taylor's series on the Holy Spirit. Would you like a CD copy of this message? CD copies can be purchased for $2 by calling us toll free at 877 30 GRACE. That's 877 304 7223. Or download the audio files from calvaryaurora.org. We'd like to suggest adding a couple of apps to your phone or tablet. They're the Calvary Aurora and Grace FM Colorado apps. This is a great way to study God's Word wherever you may be. Do a search for Calvary Aurora. We'd like to get a wonderful resource into your hands. They're bookmarks that will help you remember the components of each spiritual gift. And it's absolutely free and accessible through our website. Download and print out as many as you'd like so you can give some away and help others discover and use their gifts. That's waiting for you at calvaryaurora.org. We picked out a book that elaborates on many of the truths Pastor Ed is talking about in this present series on the Holy Spirit. It's Living Water, The Power of the Holy Spirit in Your Life. Written by the late Pastor Chuck Smith, you'll read how the Holy Spirit comes alongside you to help you in your walk, teach you, and give you an understanding of spiritual matters. He'll also give you much-needed power to be a witness of Jesus, too. We'll send living water your way when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Please remember this radio ministry is made possible through your generous support. No matter the size, your gift will make an impact by God's amazing grace as it allows us to present the teaching of the Word so that many others may grow by the power of the Spirit. Call toll free at 877 30 Grace or go online to CalvaryAurora.org. You can also write to Abounding Grace, Post Office Box 460598, Aurora, Colorado 80046. Tomorrow on Abounding Grace, we'll set out to gain a greater understanding of the spiritual gifts as Pastor Ed Taylor returns to our series on the Holy Spirit.